0: And it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need.
1: My dear, if you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis.
0: Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Wiley McGraw, welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Hey, Anthony, thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Heck of a name you got there. Sounds like you're ready for Hollywood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. I, my entire life I've heard different, different ways in which people uh,
0: experience my name. So, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a new one. I've never heard Hollywood, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. So star athlete, bull rider, yep. combat veteran. Um, for our listeners who aren't familiar with your work, can you give us a little bit of your, your origin story?
1: I'm going to do my best to to truncate this for your listeners. My origin story. Well, being a competitive athlete at a very young age, growing up around pros, I was forced into the position of learning how to focus, discipline, my mind, my my attentiveness to the skill sets, the training that I had, and I started to um, pay attention to the discernment of... Uh, stress and how that it affects our performance at a very, a uh, very young age, being a pitcher. So I played baseball for 13 years. Oh, nice! And I had a tr- track towards potentially being a professional athlete. I was trained by the the California Angels pitching staff at one point when I was younger. My dad was a semi-pro ball player in the 70s, so I grew up around guys like Rod Carew and Bo Jackson, Reggie Jackson. Uh, I met Mickey Mantle, so I was always in Whoa. that that space with these guys. Um, but as I got older, you know, again, the pressures of being perfect and performing, uh, it, it started to to break my ability to um, be excited about the game. Even though I loved playing the game and I knew I could potentially go make uh, a living doing it, I think what I recognized we talked about prior uh, to getting on here was the discernment of external pressure versus the natural pressures of being an athlete. And that, to me, was a clear indicator that I was playing the game for the um, expectation of others. I was playing it for what people thought of me. I was playing it for impressing my father and his friends. Rather than just being so immersed in the game because I loved it, Mm -hmm. I feel like it did not allow me to be the best version of myself. So I I started to chase and seek out other avenues to expand who I was as a, a young man. And bull riding, I don't know, just naturally showed up in my lap. It's interesting how that worked out. So through those transitional processes of life altering experiences, I found new avenues of outlets for me to become a better version of myself, the challenge to step into places of unknowns that scared me. Uh, and I started to chase that after half a decade of competitive bull riding, I was in the military, uh, joined the army with the 101st Airborne Division as a light infantry mortarman, uh, went to combat, did three tours overseas, And in the throes of war, really discovered what it takes to truly stretch your capacity to perform at the top of your game in the most chaotic chaotic of environments. And eventually got to the point where I recognized that I possessed the natural gift that I came to this world with. And uh, I had the ability to lead people through the darkest moments of their life and actually challenge them when life was the shit essentially hitting the fan rather than when it was comfortable and it felt good or looked good to them. Got out of the military, started to chase the self-mastery path, you know, wanted to know who I was without stress, without the demons that possessed, you know, my ability to perform uh, at the top of my own game personally, and then built a business around that gift, doing this with leaders, powerful people, uh, CEOs, celebrities, combat veterans, etc. And it just it has been the last 14 years, Radical Performance Acceleration has been my go-to mission on what it is I do out in the world today.
0: Nice. Where, where, where did you grow up? Yep.
1: Southern California. So I, I grew up in Orange County. Uh, I was born and raised there, and then I lived in San Diego for a while. Uh, but that, that those are my old stopping grounds. So where how did bull riding come in? There are a lot of rodeo cowboys in California, believe it or not. Really? I think there are so many people that they hear that and they go California. No. Well, now especially today with gonna say how liberal it's become, and how yeah, how crazy it's become. People don't think rodeo, you know, that wild, rough stock side of things. California, it's a mismatch. But in reality is. There are so many different uh, areas in Southern California to ride bulls. Lake Elsinore, uh, Canyon Lake, Norco—all those different areas. There are a lot of different ranches and rough stock, you know, um, companies that own bulls and and horses uh, that you can get into. So I just started riding at 16 years old in Lake Elsinore, California, and fell
0: in love with it. Wow, wow, and, yeah. and I mean, my my mom and dad have been obsessed with bull riding for a while, yeah. and like gone to multiple events. They love it, and and you know, my mom used to always joke that, like, I would love bull riding, but, you know, she'd never want me doing it because of just how rough it is on the body. And It um, is. I mean, that's outside of maybe MMA, and it might even be worse than MMA because, like, you're not fighting a bull Mm -hmm. in MMA. You're fighting another Mm -hmm. man, you know. Uh, But I, I think it's one of, if not the hardest sports on the body. You know, you've got it is. you've got football where you can get hit by guys like Ray Lewis. You got bull riding, and you got like MMA. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much that, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So, I mean, it sounds like I, I grew up playing some competitive baseball too, and um, ended up. I mean, we we took fourth in 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 the country in AAU, lost to Hawaii, who ended up winning the whole thing. Um, when I was when I was twelve or thirteen, and then I ate a baseball playing third base, had like this freak accident uh, yeah. where. There was there was a guy on third, uh, but he was on the bag. And so I was just in in a defensive position. And this freak moment, the pitcher just balked and decided to whip the ball over at me when I was like five feet off the bag. And I looked up at the last second and took a took a baseball in the jaw and broke my jaw and then and then was pretty much focused on on soccer from from that point forward (sighs) exclusively. But I remember some of those moments pitching where like I'd get in my head. And it was like you couldn't hit the fucking strike zone. Like if you mentally crashed on the mound, it was such a horrible, horrible feeling, and and really tough to dig yourself out of. Like the closest thing I could compare it to is like when I lose it playing golf, (laughs) and it's just like the round's over, you know? Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, on the tee box, the hole number two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's, it's pitching's like a very rare. Uh, it's, it's very, very rare spot in sports because it's difficult to get into flow state. It's so stop and go. And there's so much pressure on every pitch, you know, is, is, is that some of what you were experiencing and then bull riding allowed you to kind of get into that flow state or like, how could you differentiate between your baseball experience and like that chapter coming to an end and why it did. And then what was so appealing about bull riding?
1: Wow. You know, what? the first person that ever taken those two areas of my life and kind of blended them together because they have very similar, uh, similar uh, concepts and approaches to the positions that you're in when you're a pitcher and a bull rider. So the answer to that question is uh, being a pitcher is difficult. Number one, you're in a leadership position for the team. So you, it, people are looking to you to set the tone for the performance when you're on offense mm-hmm. uh, and uh, excuse me, defense. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, Amazing how when you are not in the zone, you find the correlation between being in your head, stuck in your head, and not being emotionally present causes that performance to slack. And I found that through training and practice, being aware of those moments in real time, slowing down the thinking just that extra second, breathing a little deeper, paying attention a little bit more acutely, changed my ability to get into a flow state as a pitcher especially then when i started to recognize those blind spots i would actually ask my coaches why was i off and they were able to give me this outside in approach so that the inside out of who i was can change the dynamic in my pitching abilities so that the next game or the next inning that i was able to go out on i was able to take those lessons in that real-time moment and apply them to be a better pitcher and now parlaying that into bull riding same thing. When you are a bull rider or any kind of rough stock athlete, they teach you about being present in all aspects of you—mentally, emotionally, physically, even spiritually. I mean, there was times I pray uh, before I get on the back of one of those animals uh, and, and get myself ready to strap every down to, and call the game. I do it every time, time. <laughs> every single time. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's interesting is that what I found in with both worlds was. When you are too in your head, when you're too focused on the mental game, the rest of you suffers. Therefore, Mm -hmm. the byproduct is your performance suffers. Mm -hmm. Bull riding was a serious world for me to wake up to the fact that um, it requires you to embrace the fear of the unknown so that you can learn how to utilize that as a power source for your performance so that when you are able to sit on the back of a wild animal, you should be thinking, but you should also be not thinking. It's kind of a weird world for people to hear that. They go, how do you do that? Well, at the end of the day, it's not getting wrapped up in what might or might not happen when you call that gate, Mm -hmm. what might or not, might not happen when you throw that pitch, Mm -hmm. what might or might not happen when you, 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 pitch an offer in a business deal. And it comes back to the fact that we get too wrapped up in our heads and our society. And I think that's where people train more than anything is mental work. And they forget the rest of who we are as human beings. And then they wonder why the performance is not quite to the the, the, the standard that they're looking to accomplish. So mm-hmm. That's the best way I can give. Totally, give that answer.
0: Yeah, yeah, a- yeah. absolutely. It, it's almost like when you're training and drilling certain skills, as it relates to something yep. that you're on the path to mastering, y- you can you can be in your head and you can integrate that. Especially like as you're right. as you're you know acquiring a new skill for the first time, but then eventually as you as you walk the path to mastery, you want to get to that unconscious competence where you can actually where it's more kinesthetic and feeling and and uh, dare I say heart centered than head centered. Yeah. It's yes. like, yeah, I, I think of one of the coolest moments I've ever seen with this was, and, and we had him on, on the podcast early on, was, have you ever seen Laird Hamilton's ride of Chopu? At, at No, at, but I know Laird. I know the name. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the greatest big wave surfers of all time. And he, he rode this mm. wave that no one had ever rode before. And That's right. um, okay. had to get towed out there on the back of a jet ski. And right when his buddy who was towing him turned around to say, don't let go. He was already gone. And he's riding this wave. And 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 the the tidal wave that was so grand, it started sucking him in. And Laird like yeah. reached behind the board with his backhand and started dragging it in the water to keep himself from getting pulled under and just thrown against the, the shallow coral and and would have just died. And yep. everybody like the greatest surfers in the world watch this video and they're like, There's no way you could have trained that. It's impossible. No, like that's not something you, you know. drill. It's a level of connection and kinesthetic awareness that 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 transcends training. It transcends the intellect, you know. And 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 that's like I don't know. It's just it's just phenomenal. So if you guys haven't seen no, that,
1: that's phenomenal. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in yeah. it's in
0: the movie Riding Giants. You can watch it on YouTube.
1: Oh yeah, okay. I've heard of that movie. My dad was a surfer, so I can. It's all kind of clicking now that you're yeah, saying that.
0: Yeah, you'll, you'll like it. It's dope. And the the, the pictures. And the... Well, you make a good point. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, you make a good point. I just want to add to that real quick yeah, and just kind of go back to our conversation is, you know, training in fundamentals, just like the militaries, when we do marksman fundamentals with weapon systems, it's all about slow is smooth, smooth is fast. You hear that constantly. Mm-hmm. People talk about it in concept, but the reality is when you're allowing yourself to slow down in the training process, when you give yourself permission to surrender rigid thinking, uh, and get, and getting caught up in your own mindset about how you should be performing. It's amazing how when you're put in these positions like that wave, or you draw a wild bull that you you know basically breaks every single cowboy that gets on the back of it, or you're facing a batter who's who's batting you know 400 who takes every pitcher yard. You don't get wrapped up in the fear of what could potentially happen to you you actually are in the moment and you're allowing yourself to let whatever you trained for present itself like he did with his backhand. He didn't think I should do this right now. He naturally just intuitively knew it was important because he felt the pressures. He was unaware that were going to present themselves or maybe he was and his body and his mind connected simultaneously, holistically. And that's what gave him that extra boost in performance. And I think what we're talking about here is people get wrapped up in asymmetrical growth in human performance. They get wrapped up in doing one thing great and forgetting the rest of who we are, what's possible for us mm-hmm. that supplies us more
0: power and potential. Yeah. For the accomplishments we're looking to to you know get after mm-hmm. absolutely um so in a second i'm going to ask you about about radical performance acceleration and 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 how you define sure. that and how it applies but you just you sparked my interest on one more thing when you mentioned marksman training um i've got yeah um i've got three different guns and and i'm embarrassed at how few times i've shot them um but I'm, I'm curious, like for you know, for someone like me who knows the importance of of being able to operate a firearm for self defense and and also just for fun and skill development, you know, if you were to give like a Cliff Notes crash course on some of the key things that someone like myself would want to keep in mind when firing a mm-hmm. gun, that you have that that when you teach people have the biggest impact that I could bring to the range or wherever when I you know when I get out with. I've, I've, well, I won't talk about the guns I have, but anyway, like I'm kind of here. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm curious>. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, some some are legal in some states and illegal in others. Sure, um, sure. So I, I'm I'm curious though. What what are some of the um, the recommendations and things that you teach that are are most helpful for people in getting good as a marksman um, and, and training that in, in, in that facility. Oh,
1: personally, um, and uh, to be candid, I'm not a trainer in marksmanship, but I take the fundamentals of being a light infantry combat veteran. Um, I'll bring this to the table. The basic fundamentals of marksmanship that I think you can parlay into other areas of your life is breathing, your ability to slow down your thinking, your ability to take aim and and actually take a moment before you pull the trigger. That's one of the things is everybody wants to – Pull the trigger rather than squeeze the trigger, and you hear a lot of these mm-hmm. experts, a lot of these former special operations guys that are out running these companies that do these types of trainings. Guys like Mike Glover from Fieldcraft Survival, you know, you've got uh, Tim Kennedy, all these other gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, they are experts in training weapons marksmanship, but the basic fundamentals was our ability to aim the weapon system, to slow down our breathing to learn how to squeeze the trigger so that the round surprises you rather than Mm. you knowing when the round's gonna go off. Mm. I think that's the other thing is when you're able to slow down the breath and you're able to take aim properly and you're able to squeeze the trigger and let the round surprise you, more often than not, when you break that round down range, your muzzle recoil actually lessens you're able to get back on target much quicker. Really? So your time on target changes. So a lot of the guys that I know when I when I always qualified expert with my weapon systems, a lot of the guys that did not, the, the basic fundamentals were the fact that they were pulling the trigger too fast and they weren't breathing properly. Mm. They were rushing the process because they were so in their head trying to be the best expert shooters. They're the ones that sucked the most. Mm. But when you slow down and take that extra half a second, slow down the breath just enough, hold the breath, maybe inhale halfway and hold it or exhale halfway and hold it, With the sight on target, in the timing you have when you squeeze a trigger, it becomes faster and more lethal for you. That goes back to that element of slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And I look back at my life and go, wow, if I had learned all these fundamentals at a younger age, how much better could I have been as a pitcher or a bull rider? But you know what? That's okay. The military taught me so much more about myself after going through those life-altering experiences, dealing with family dynamics of stress, confronting realities that weren't allowing me to be my best. I took into the combat ARMS MOS that I did, and then from there, brought it into my life. And everything that I've ever done from that point forward was put myself in the most radical, uncomfortable positions, get people that I cannot control to challenge and push me, because that's the only way I'm actually going to transform myself from the inside out holistically. And that's what I was able to do. And everything I put my mind to now is slowing down. Even running my new podcast, it's like I slow down, take a breath, and I allow myself to squeeze the trigger without getting caught up in my own head, because I want to produce something that hits the target. Consistently, every single time. And, and what is the name of your podcast? Oh, Wise Words and Whiskey with Wiley McGraw. Low-key <laughs> conversations on high-performance living.
0: Nice. Do you drink whiskey while you yeah. record? Yes, we do.
1: Dude, um, I, I send, I'd yeah, love to come. Yeah, out. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it afterwards. But I, you know what? What's great about it is I, you know, I, I send a bottle of whiskey to all my guests, and, it, and it's not about getting drunk. It's about educating people using whiskey. as kind of like the icebreaker where we kick back, relax. It's not scripted. It's all about just having authentic conversations on a very specific point that unpacks wise words around what it takes to live a high performance life. I've got guests, you know, like Sean Merriman from the Chargers coming on. I've got General Petraeus. General Mike Flynn might be coming on the show. I've got, you know, uh, uh, CJ Wilson from the Angels, Johnny Damon. So I've got some really cool guests. Shea Hillenbrand coming on the show as well eventually, and I've had some other really cool people. Um, Again, that's what it's all about, but bringing people on at different variables of high-performance living that I can share with people in the audience.
0: Dope, dope. So guys, if you enjoyed this conversation, go uh, subscribe to Wise Words and Whiskey and uh, check out some of those conversations. All right, so tell me about uh, radical performance acceleration. It's
1: interesting is I've, I've, I've had these questions asked so many times, and the best way I can describe it is the words that i use for my business have all come from the clients that i've worked with everything that i've ever done has had no i have no idea what marketing or what i was going to do i just knew that i had a gift i had an ability to accelerate people's personal and professional performance i started working with combat veterans being a combat vet myself i did my tours in kosovo afghanistan and iraq got out um and started working with other veteran leaders where I would have them come live with me. I would stay with them in their life as life is happening to them. We would push them through battling personal demons, the things that they dealt with, dealing with the stresses that plagued them. And it's amazing how I started to notice the acceleration that was taking place. And my clients would start to say, hey, Wiley, I feel this is like the most radical thing that I've ever done in my entire life. And then we just decided, you know what, we got to build something around this to present to the world So why don't we use the words that your clients are using? Radical, performance, acceleration, all the different words came together. So we started the business from that point. Um, But at the end of the day, Anthony, it's like, titles, labels don't really matter to me. It's truly a mission that I've been on Is someone who can get into the trenches, into the nuanced blind spots, the dark corners of these people's lives, battle and slay their personal demons and push them in positions that other people are unwilling to go to became the birthing of radical performance acceleration as a full-blown lifestyle customized intimate experience working individually one-on-one with powerful people that are in positions of authority and leadership so that their lives become optimal and they can turn around and have an uplifting impact on the masses that they lead
0: nice how do you define demon
1: (laughs) well i mean we could get to the literal sense or but it's uh, the unrelenting stresses that are hindering people unconsciously consciously uh, emotionally mentally from past life traumas stresses even the fact that maybe uh we're considering the esoteric side of things too where they're truly being impacted by things that they cannot see or cannot control so i look at it from a holistic standpoint where people are truly looking to erupt and get rid of what plagues them i just label those as demons and that's where i go i go to the places that Therapists won't go. That coaches and gurus won't touch. Uh, I I have no problem saying things that are highly unconventional, highly uh, 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 basically unknown to others that, well, why did you do and say that? Why are you even going that place? It's because that is the very thing that people are afraid to look at, even the most uh, successful of people, I'm willing to go and push and poke at. And a lot of people are afraid to actually have that happen to them. So 100%. that's how I define them. Yeah, yeah. We,
0: we've, we've had some great conversation. I mean, I've had a lot of experiences in my life and, and with clients and with friends and family members. And we've even had conversations on this podcast. I, I, I'm certain that there are dimensions that are outside of our senses and our ability to see, yeah. um, but that very much influence our psyche. And if Absolutely. you, if you just look at, and it's, it's very much hidden. You, you won't see it talked about a lot in anything mainstream, but in, in countries like Brazil, for example, their main treatment for schizophrenia is exorcism and yes. it has an 80% success rate, which is more than any treatment utilizing Western medicine for schizophrenia. And right. and, and there's a, a, a really good book, um, Called, I think it's like an amazing journey inside the psychotic mind that that goes mm. into this and documents a lot of cases throughout history, and um, it, it's 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 worth exploring because I mean, some people may be listening and going like, "Oh, these two have lost it." I'm listening to a bunch of nutbags, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and I would have probably said that too a few years ago. But the things that I've seen sure. and the stories uh, very much, very much say otherwise. And I think if we're in a a a, a, a paradigm or even a false binary where we look at mental illness as a chemical problem and not something of spiritual origin, or at least we're not willing to consider the spiritual origin or the other dimensions that could be contributing to what we call mental illness, we're going to fail to properly treat these challenges. Yes.
1: Why do you think right now, and this is a good point, just... (laughs) We have spent $20 billion, uh, I think, in the National Institute of Health, put out a study over the last 10, 20 years, I think, somewhere around that range. Again, I'm, don't quote me on that, on mental health remedies and solutions. And yet we have a rise in mental health problems in society. So you consider... How are we spending all this money and not solving the problem? Why is it only getting worse? So, and if you look at personal development, it's the same way. Why is the personal development industry making 60 $70, 100000000000 billion a year, and yet we have millions of people still stuck trying to chase what's next, trying to figure out why they're not getting where they want to go? It's because they're not solving the problems from a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at the individual uh, lives that they're impacting from a nuanced place where it's like systems, processes, protocols have their place, but they do not take into consideration dynamics, Mm -hmm. relationship dynamics from a mental, emotional, spiritual aspect. And what they do is they try to problem solve from a limited notion of scientific evidence From the thinking mind Mm -hmm. and they don't know what's really going on with the individual until they actually are willing to get into that person's life but again if you're selling a multi-million dollar business oriented program to the masses why would you be able to do that you know you're not going to you're not going to individualize those those people to get to their problems you're going to say well here's what i've got for you go get a therapist if you have those problems and Mm -hmm. then we just have a never-ending process of human beings feeling stuck in life and nothing really gets resolved yet industries grow in in the billions of dollars.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I mean, what what I'm observing is a weaponization of mental health. And what I believe to be, this is my opinion here, a deliberate creation of situations that will cause mental health issues. And, And I think if you just look at one little silo that, that we've been pretty vocal about warning people about, and I mean, our, this, this show started getting banned when I started talking about 5G and EMF. And its effect on mental health and how it is basically the digital control grid that can be used to um, track everything. And when it is plugged in with a digital ID and VaxPass and your bank account and a central bank, uh, CBDC, like central banking digital currency, it's the ultimate slavery system. And that's Mm. where we're headed. If people don't wise up and start unplugging from the fucking matrix um, and, and then and then when you look at the biological aspect of it, um, these things actually like this, this radiation causes our voltage gated calcium channels to get jammed open. Our cells get flooded with calcium ions and therefore uh, free radicals particularly peroxynitrate mm-hmm. that damage our mitochondria. They affect our ability to produce feel-good neurotransmitters. We get fatigued. We feel like shit. We're apathetic. And our health deteriorates. And I, I say this, again, as a warning because we're headed towards a mass extinction event if people don't wise up. And, and, I, and I right now I see the majority of people running off a cliff. And I think there's a lot involved there, but, you know, part of it is a lack of discernment, which I'm going to ask you to kind of shed some light on. Um, <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's also, uh, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of, of mind control techniques going on that, you know, that, that the, of course, through our devices, but also that start in school and giving us these uh, false paradigms in which we actually start to enslave ourselves with our way of thinking. You know, and yeah. and um, I guess can you talk a little bit about you know discernment and and uh, you know you you've, you mentioned it's 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 the weakest attribute of humans and why it matters because I I agree. Oh, perfect. Well, I'm glad we're going down this rabbit hole because you have absolutely hit it on the head with
1: how uh, disassociated they have uh, technology has made people from the discernment muscle that allows us to identify threats. Or, you know, uh, assets, you know, Mm -hmm. I I use those two categories. And it's funny because it's you talk about um, the impact that technology has on us. But what does the industry teach people? Well, as long as you don't feel it, nothing's happening to you. And that's the discernment (laughs) uh, differentiation. There is people think, well, if I don't feel something happening, then there is no effect on me. Mm -hmm. And it goes to our technology. EMF and all that is a frequency that I even talked about, too, with some friends of mine, where the EMF that comes off something doesn't actually affect you. It's the harmonics when it bounces off other objects that creates the distorted frequency that interacts with your mitochondria, or your cells starts mm-hmm. distorting your, your body's ability to regulate its own electrical system. And then we can go down that crazy rabbit hole, of course, but mm-hmm. the discernment of what is really taking place versus what is not is weakened by the abuse in the addiction to technology, to the idea that nothing's actually happening to us. This same notion that, well, why would they do that to us? Why would anyone want us to, to, to be caught up in this type of rat race? Oh, and then they create these like ideas of conspiracy theory where mm-hmm. that's not actually happened. You're crazy. you know. Mm-hmm. And then we get wrapped up in a maelstrom of the belief that we're, we're in a good place. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you keep swimming in this circle, you're in a good place because you, you're not aware of what's really going on with you. Now, here's the thing. Unless you keep your
0: comfort a little Last bit thought. longer.
1: Right. Then they want you there. But here's the thing. What ends up happening is you build a muscle of believing if something looks different, sounds different, or makes you very uncomfortable, it's a threat to you. Mm -hmm. So anything that shows up in your life that starts to challenge that rabbit hole you're in, you want to fight, push away, or look at it as, again, it goes, what was that movie we watched? It's called Idiocracy, yeah. <laughs> where he shows up in the future and he starts talking normal. And because they're so conditioned into that dysfunction, they think he's the weirdo and they try to attack and get rid of him. Yeah. It's the same thing going on right now, where it, when, uh, even the highest level people that I've worked with from the celebrities and the athletes and the CEOs, when we first meet, they they are un- they're not used to the way I speak as they think it's an approach. And it's not an approach. I'm just having a real conversation. with it. I'm just telling you the truth you, you've never heard before. I'm poking at things you actually have never looked at. Mm-hmm. And they're so used to how it's supposed to sound, how it's supposed to look, what it's supposed to be, that when something different shows up, we don't discern whether or not this is an actual asset to me or it's a threat. And the discernment I tell people is... Consider the timing of when something shows up, a piece of information, uh, a support system, uh, a loved one, whatever you are hearing. Consider the timing. Consider the situation and why it might be actually happening in that moment. And you might start to be able to reinvigorate your discernment muscle to know, okay, maybe this is showing up because I'm supposed to lean into this and actually go this route Mm -hmm. rather than being stuck where I'm at.
0: Yeah. And and also, if it's someone you've known for a long time… They probably haven't gone crazy. (laughs) I'm I'm amazed at how many people are willing to go there just to like discredit something that makes them uncomfortable. It's like you've known this person for 35 years. Do you think they just suddenly went nuts or do you think maybe they're trying to help you?
1: Right, right. And then why did your friend introduce you to Anthony? Why did this person introduce you to Wiley? Why is this showing up to you in the timing it is? Isn't it interesting how you called out for help? I want to change my life. I want to know better. I want to know more. And then something different shows up in your life and you're going, oh, you know what? It doesn't look the way I thought it was going to look. So I'm going to push it away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you that parlays into everything we are as a society. And it, it all goes back to the human performance element of, who you are how you operate in relationship to the the people around you into the things that we are given in society to operate our lives like technology
0: let me know if you guys have been experiencing more of any of the following than you used to brain fog difficulty staying focused fatigue muscle weakness or changes in balance and coordination mood fluctuations apathy or lower motivation sleep issues changes in sex drive or function, or increased sensitivity to certain foods, or just more digestive stuff going on in general. Now I ask because these are all warning signs that your brain may be struggling. Any one could be an early indicator of serious things to come, and if ignored or left unchecked, especially if you're experiencing more than one, These could significantly increase your risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, these neurodegenerative diseases uh, that include cognitive decline. The secret to unlocking the full potential of your brain comes down to three simple steps. One, precision diagnostics. This is why in our coaching program, we use the most sophisticated brain and neurocognitive testing on the planet. You then fix the deficiencies, those hormones, neurotransmitters, and nutrients that may be out of balance. And then you clean up the toxins, the stress, and the inflammatory microbes that may be interfering and making the whole process less efficient. I'm gonna do two crazy things that I've never done before. I'm offering a 100% money-back guarantee, meaning if you follow the prescribed game plan that you and I create together and don't experience a significant, trackable, measurable improvement in your memory, processing speed, mental clarity, mood, and quality of life, I don't want your money. I want to give you a full refund, but stick with me because I'm going to level it up even more. If your increased energy, brain health, and mental performance doesn't help you earn at least as much additional income as you invested in the program, I'm also willing to give you a full refund. I wanted to do this so that you know that you have absolutely nothing to lose, everything to gain. If you want to level up, go to biohackercoaching.com. Thank you. I've seen this a great deal where there's people that resonate with some of the things I talk about. They're like, thank you so much for talking about that. Cause like, I totally agree. I just can't because I'd lose like half of my customers, you know, it would really, it would really affect my business, you know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, so you're willing to be quiet about the ushering in of a literal slavery system so you can make some extra money. And, and, yeah. and, and I don't know exactly how to articulate what's going on there. Is it is it a lack of courage? Is it is it making money your God? Is it like what what's going on and how are people enslaving themselves? But because because a lot of this stuff like there is I believe that human awareness shapes reality and you can take things that would otherwise occur and if enough people see it and call it out it can actually prevent it from happening but not if we're fucking cowards mm-hmm. or we're afraid that mm-hmm. you know oh it might you know it might cut cut my revenue in half or i might lose right. you know some of the people that would otherwise buy my shit what's going on there yeah. in, in your opinion and have uh-huh. you observed that Because I mean, you and I are over here talking about demons and stuff, so we're clearly all right, letting it rip.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Human awareness. I, human awareness shapes our perspective of reality, and that's what it starts with. Is people walk around with the idea that we are are again? It's become so secular and so individualized. you know we have. The occult, you know, this idea that, you know, we're all in it for ourselves first. So we can create our own world and our reality and we disconnect and disassociate from standards and values and morals all for the sake of making sure our livelihoods are met and taken care of first. We don't trust in the ability to live by a standard or have a value that might rattle people and might change people's ability to relate to us in the way that we would hope they would. So the awareness muscle has been reduced. It's been atrophied. So what people do is they succumb to um, everything at all costs. It's the same thing with social media. How many followers do you have? How much money do you make? It's the metrics that define success in our reality are enslaving people to limitations. Mm-hmm. So what it comes down to is it's it's holistic. Mm-hmm. People are living way too secular. There's no faith in the long game. It's a short game play. Mm-hmm. So what they're willing to do is sacrifice standards. They're willing to sacrifice values. They're willing to sacrifice um, relationships, the one relationships that matter for the sake of some superficiality from a bottom line standpoint, from people liking them. The problem really comes down to the fact that um, people do not trust that they will actually have their needs met Mm -hmm. if they surrender um, just making money at all costs. Mm -hmm. So the best way, how do I say it like this? Is I've worked with these leaders that, that they feel the same way. They go, you know what? I built this eight-figure, nine-figure, 10-figure business, but I'm unsatisfied, I'm burned out, I'm at my wit's end, and I'm a, but I'm afraid to confront because if I do, I will lose half my customer base. It was like, well, what matters to you more? Mm-hmm. Do you like living a life in pain or are you willing to finally... Let go and actually live the life you say you want to live and experience optimization so your relationships thrive, your health is good, your focus is clear, you're living through a standard that matters to you, even if it means alienating half your customer base or pissing people off. We, again, you show me a man who has no enemies and I'll show you a man who's never stood for shit. Uh So at the end of the day, I think people are afraid to create like real polarizing, they, they say it in concept. It's like, I'm a polarizing force. No, you're not. I, I'm the re- I'm the revolution. No, you're not, because <laughs> yeah. if everybody likes you and everybody's gonna like, you're not whatsoever. Um, you've gotta be willing to alienate and rattle people. I'm all about rattling souls, mm-hmm. unfucking lives, yeah. pissing people off so they can experience the eradication the eruption of their own demons mm-hmm. so they can see that they've been living limitation. And here's the last story I'll give to you on that point. There was a gentleman I spoke to, a former pro baseball player. We had an hour-long conversation. He was a, a, you know, a major league all-star, World Series champion, and he says, "You know, Wiley, I got to tell you, believe it or not, in the professional baseball world, a lot of us were only performing at sixty to seventy percent of our true potential." He goes, "Everybody on the outside sees us making millions of dollars and we think we're living the good life." He goes, "But the majority guys." The cheating on their wives, they're on drugs, they're they're stressed, they're suffering, and all they're doing is like just chasing the high so they can stay at that sixty to seventy percent. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because the managers and the team owners are also living that kind of shit life. So at the end of the day, it trickles downhill. And if we would have known what it takes to be a hundred percent, it would require those managers and team owners to pay us more money, and they just don't want to do that. So it's like this unfortunate oppression. At even the highest of levels, so all these leaders and powerful people believe they're they're living their best life, and then they preach that to the world. what they're really doing is infecting others with limitation, and it goes all the way back to what you just said. the re- reality of perception changes, it distorts, and people then believe this is just what it means to be human
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I like that. Let's talk a little bit about the mentality of biohacking mm-hmm. in your observation mm-hmm. sure. Because I see I see both I see like both sides that? I see both sides of the extreme. Yeah. like' I, I've, I've actually mm-hmm. distanced myself more so from biohacking in recent years because I see it very much going down a transhumanism path in, in a lot of cases mm-hmm. and I see a lot of people that believe biohacking is about shortcuts. whereas yes. my perspective is I, you want the straightest path to a, a desired outcome. And I don't particularly identify with any discipline. I want the most effective way of safely bringing about a desired health outcome, um, whether that comes from traditional Chinese medicine or Western medicine or Ayurveda or or, or whatever it is, you know, but you do see a lot of people get into it because they're like, oh, I'd much rather work out for two minutes than 40 minutes. Yeah. Is that what biohacking is about? All right, (laughs) let's do it, you know, and. And, and so, I mean, I'm curious what, what oh, what's your observation of of, of biohacking and and um, sort of the mentality there.
1: It's. I had this conversation with Dave Asprey a few years ago. It's it's funny. We're talking about the same thing where people are are starting to hack what biohacking is. It's kind of like they this this idea that it, you're right. It means shortcuts. It means cheating. I had a guy that a friend of mine who runs a. Uh, cryotherapy place with, like, you know, red light therapy, uh, a full oxygenated cryo chamber. We were talking this morning. He's like, it sounds like cheating. And I said, it, it, it does, doesn't it? People believe hacking means I'm going to shortcut my way to better performance. I'm going to be a better version of myself if I can find the, the cheat codes, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. But I think what it what it comes down to is people are afraid to do the hard work. Yeah. People are afraid to look at the ugly shit that they have swept under the rug their entire mm-hmm. lives. They don't want to feel what real discomfort actually feels mm-hmm. like. They want to conceptualize discomfort. It's the same thing with like um, studied all the different medicines, Chinese medicine. Uh, you know, my undergrads in, in alternative medicine uh, from psychology, etc. There is no shortcuts to living a fully optimal life. If you try to shortcut yourself to something using, let's say, psychedelics, you're going to leave chips on the table. But it's been baked into the marketing that if we do it this way. You're going to actually experience what it is you say you want. You're going to have the wealth. You're going to have the impact. You're going to have the life. You're going to have the cars. You're going to have the, you're going to look like the beast. You're going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger if you take these supplements and do it this way. And the problem is that's only one piece to it. Those should be if, adjuncts. If, if, if too, by supplements, you mean a tremendous Arnold.
0: amount of testosterone.
1: Sure. If you're out <laughs> yeah, exactly. Androstin and all the different types of like, nf and all, yeah, we cycle through those things. Um but I've worked with people that have been on those supplements. And they're like, oh, I, I thought it was going to take me where I wanted to go. And they're still living very miserable lives because they have not done the work to better who they are from the inside out. I had a client, former Wall Street guy, who thought he's a big hacker, traveled the world. He follows every He did Dave Asprey's you know, 40 years of Zen, I mean, the whole nine oh. yards. And um, But he was like this constantly in his head. And he's like, OK, what's next? What's next? Spending all this money, and he's a wealthy guy. Uh, decided to become a coach. And when we met at an event in, in Mexico, he was like, I need to, I need to know what it takes to truly like actually do the right things to better my life. And, uh, when we started working together, he said, uh, I decided I'm going to do psychedelics. And I said, well, that's not, we're not in the place for that yet. We've got, <laughs> research. Odd blanket statement. I said, look, <laughs>
0: He probably he I probably him, read I said, Look, probably a... read Stealing Fire and was just like oh he yeah, did. exactly
1: thank you so much that was a damn book he even told yeah. me about and I said hold on a second you know what here's the word. when I work with a... <laughs> when I work with a client when a leader when a CEO when a celebrity calls when they're ready to do the work that I put them through yeah. they understand this is a relationship dynamic in a very intense intimate container. I live with, travel with you. I'm with you 24-7, upwards of a year. I'm your battle buddy. I'm in the trenches. And I bring to the table 40-plus specialists across the realm of human performance where if we need to use psychedelics, it's in the right timing when you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, he ended up doing a month worth of psychedelics, Kimbo Frog Poison, DMT, ayahuasca, mushrooms. And we had dinner in New York. He was this disheveled, unrecognizable version of himself. And he literally admitted, I don't even know what what memories are real or not. I don't trust what it is that I witnessed when I went to those dimensions. And I said, I needed to let you have that that latitude so you can realize you were not prepared to do Mm -hmm. it. But our culture right now in America, we have people that are talking about the scientific evidence of hacking. It's like, well, the problem is nobody's truly ready for Mm -hmm. it. But we're being told that they have it has value so what, what do americans do well i want the shortcut i want the hack so i'm going to take the psilocybin because i'm going to figure out how to become a more enlightened version of myself and the reality is you're just trying to bypass the truth you're just afraid of looking at your own shit. you got to do the real work it's like getting an astronaut ready to go into space and being improperly prepared and giving him the wrong suit
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah. and also i think a number of these substance i, I think there's so many layers to this you have what what's yes. going on with all of a sudden? Weed is legal and everywhere, and the the the, oh the weed gosh. dispensaries are all becoming centralized, owned by the same people, and 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 uh, now wow. everybody's flying around the world and doing ayahuasca. A lot of these substances, and 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 I learned some of this the hard way. Um, We got invited to go do ayahuasca. I did podcasts on it. That shit opens up other dimensions, whether you know it or not. And if you are not spiritually prepared, and if you don't have a good relationship with God, the creator, you could could open yourself up to some real shit. Then you go a little bit deeper and you look at the CIA and a lot of these government agencies have been using psychedelics, LSD, psilocybin, etc., to fucking program people and make you more susceptible to mind control technology, you know? So we are we got this situation where people are locked in their homes, staring at their television, smoking weed, doing psychedelics. Is it any wonder that they can't see what the fuck is going on for the past three years, you know? Yeah. You remember that? You know you're talking about? You, you said uh, – you said God and,
1: and being connected to faith and having this like understanding of what is going on, or why you want to use those substances. I tell people all the time is, um, if you want to use a substance, have you ever stopped to consider why you want to use the substance right now in this moment? No. What are you looking to accomplish? Well, why, I love getting high. There's nothing wrong with it. Actually, there is something wrong with it. The fact that you need to get high, the fact that you want to get high. It's superficial. Why do you want to do it? What's really going on within you that makes you feel like you should excuse cannabis as a daily substance to ingest? Mm -hmm. The problem is it does take you into different dimensions, and most people, if not all people, are unready for, and they're going to meet demons, they're going to meet sides of themselves that they're unaware exist because they have not done the work to experience and face what really is going on. We have people full of trauma, like combat veterans, It's like every veteran I ever worked with, I didn't need to put them on psychedelics so they can experience a transformative effect of the work we were doing to face the demons that plagued them from combat. I didn't need to do that. Now, some of them were in the position where I had to reach out to resources and say, hey, they're a bad case. I got to do a little bit here to help push them through that threshold. But the reality is, Science right now is teaching us that these are the tools that we can get people through the trauma they've experienced. And I have personally experienced in the last 14 years that we're doing my work with these people is that you can actually go further than you think doing the work without outside uh, effects from psychedelics and pharmaceuticals first. And then you can sprinkle in these resources as needed when that person is ha- has a stronger foundation of who they are so they can be ready mm-hmm. for it. And people are like, well, Andrew Huberman says it's okay for me. It's okay. But are you ready for it? Truly, are you ready for it? And I, I am very much afraid for humanity right now because cannabis is become legal. I think it's bad. I think it's bad for people to be smoking weed every single day. I think the argument that it's a plant, it's natural, is bullshit. At the end of the day, there's something demonic going on that's causing people to believe this to be a benefit for their lives. Mm -hmm. And they're toxifying their systems. I worked with an A-list celebrity, this young gal, who she did the same thing. She was just constantly in an ayahuasca kick, and she was angry and fried and like never understood why it wasn't helping her, and she kept chasing it. I'm like, well, your publicist called me, because you you couldn't find anything to stop the madness. Mm-hmm. So when I came to her life and stripped her away from that, she realized she became addicted mm-hmm. to it. She actually uh, did not realize she was being pulled into a demonic type of environments in those mm-hmm. dimensions. And she was actually being stimulated by the concept in her head that she was getting somewhere when, in fact, she was actually spinning in yep. circles. And that's the problem is people don't recognize it. And then when somebody from the outside says, stop it, they go, get the fuck away from me. You don't know who you are. Who are you to judge me? And then that's the problem we end up finding ourselves totally. in.
0: Totally. It's. I'll. I'll condense this story yep. to like sixty seconds, but I think it's relevant because I don't want to just talk about this conceptually. I, I want. I want to give like there was a number of different experiences that people around me had, and then it really culminated. I had done ayahuasca in Costa Rica. We did some podcasts on it. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty good experience, mm-hmm. although there was some weird shit that went good. on. Then. I found that I felt really good for two or three months and then kind of needed more, right? And I was actually going Mm -hmm. to uh, a Wim Hof event and I had a car full of people and there was a couple in the car with me and they're like, hey, we're doing ayahuasca ceremonies. Do you want to do one? And I was like, yeah I do and I'm like have you guys been doing this a while and they're like no not really we but we got a hookup and you know our shaman sends it up to us and we do it and I was like okay cool <laughs> you know just totally like laissez-faire about it and yeah. I, I, I told it to my brother yep. and my, my brother's actually in Peru right now he's been studying like an earth-based shamanic path no drugs you know like he's hiking hmm. Machu Picchu today very much just connecting to okay. the earth the plants the animals other people that sort of thing and um and he said to me and he's like I think I don't think you're giving this medicine the respect it deserves. And you're doing it with people that do not have the spiritual strength or experience to close the circle. And on top of that, you Mm. doing this in your home is reckless. Like you're opening up a portal in the place Mm. that you live. And I was like, I'm good, man. I'm going to pray. It's going to be fine couple came over as one of the guys that was working with me was leaving his girlfriend was picking him up he messaged me and he's like is, is that couple are they are they like swingers or something what's going on with them they seem kind of weird and i'm like i don't know i'm not swinging with them we're just yeah. going to do plant medicine you know in my living room we ended up doing um you know, we, we start drinking some ayahuasca and, and they're feeling it and I'm not. I, I had a pretty high tolerance for that stuff. Drank more, drank more, finally, like kind of went into a trance and was, you know, sleep almost sleeping, but like in that other world type experience. I wake up and this dude is yeah. massaging me. And I'm like, What are you hmm. doing, man? And he's like, Oh, I'm doing I'm 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 doing energy work, I'm doing body work. And I was like, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Please stop doing that, you know? my brother later told me that you're not supposed to touch anyone when you're on that stuff because there's an energetic transfer that is even more profound, especially on, on these substances. Right. So yeah, came out of it, finished that experience. They left, um, within a week I had this, I was in bed, I'd, I'd gone to sleep. I wake up and it's a little after midnight. And it was like my brain had been hijacked. That's the only way that I could explain it. It was like. Makes sense. It was like I had this loop that was basically telling me to kill myself. I'd never experienced that before. Never happened like in my life. And it was literally. And I know this will sound crazy to people, but I'm being honest because I know I, I fucking know for a fact there's a lot of people here that have experienced thoughts that they have considered. Oh, that's my thought. But it doesn't make sense. I've never thought yep. that way. You know what I mean? And 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 I think to me, yep. there was a demon in my head. And and it was saying, Sure, just just go get your gun and blow your brains out. Eh. Just go take your little yeah. dog, put him in the other room. You know, the this was a Thursday night. So the guy that works with me was coming over the next day. We had work and everything like that. It was like, put a sign on your door, let it say, Don't come in here, call the cops, and just blow your brains out. And I was sitting there and I'm like, what is going on right now? I'm like, these are not my thoughts. Mm -hmm. These are not my thoughts. And I had actually had an experience with a Belgian doctor where we were talking about the spiritual realm. And he had shared an experience where he had an entity come into the room with him. And his whole body became frozen. He was paralyzed. And he couldn't move. And I was like, what'd you do? And he goes, when this happens, you must pray. You must pray to God, Jesus Archangel Mm -hmm. Michael, Archangel Mm -hmm. Gabriel, you must Mm -hmm. call on the angels. You must call on their help and you must tell the demon to get out. And I remembered that conversation Mm -hmm. and I just got goosebumps talking about it. And so I prayed like I had never prayed before. I'm in bed, just letting it rip for like 30 minutes to where I was completely exhausted at the end. And after like 30 or 40 minutes of nonstop prayer, I fell back asleep. I wake up at like 3 AM. My, Out of a dead sleep, I wake up, and my chest is in the air like a fucking exorcism movie. My whole back is arched. And I'm, like, looking down in disbelief that this is going on. And for, like, five seconds, I'm stuck in that position, and then I collapse. And it never happened Mm -hmm. again. Yep. It was fucking wild, dude. And I'm, so, so I never did ayahuasca again. We are <laughs> no good. I don't think I told that story Here's on the podcast. The thing, we, I've told a couple, a couple people, well, but I'm like, glad to, you, gotta, like, you gotta, you gotta give context to this shit about how it shapes sure. your perspective, you know, and why I don't sure. do that stuff anymore.
1: Well, we are, we are, you, you know, it's funny is human beings are, are fucking with things that they have no business messing with. And then we. Again, we, it's so secular. Everybody believes that as long as they can taste, touch, see, feel, and hear it, then it exists. But at the end of the day, who are we? It's like the hubris of mankind is really astonishing. Mm-hmm. The idea that we think we know. We just know. We're just aware of it because, again, it sounds crazy and kooky, but when you immerse yourself into the world of faith and understand that there are forces that we have cannot comprehend that All are right. at play here, the, these things that you are your experience. I've heard time and time again. And it's interesting, I was listening to a guy is, is a Christian, a Catholic, and he was talking about how he did the same thing where he was on drugs, but he was going to, He was a man of faith, but he was on the side living a life of sin, and he had all these different, he was living two worlds. And he got in his car burned out one night. Long story short, he heard a voice in his head being burned out after doing drugs mm-hmm. all these years. He heard a voice in his head said, take your hands off the wheel, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. And he took his hands off the wheel and he went uh, headfirst with his car into a tree and it killed him. And he said, I I was 20 feet above my car uh, looking down at the wreck. I had chains around my neck. I had chains around my arms and my legs. And I heard this high-pitched scream, I got him, I got him, I got him, he's mine. And he said, like, and I realized, and then suddenly I went to full free fall and I started to smell sulfur. And I started to experience the screams and this, I could just hear pain of millions of different voices uh, in this thing screaming, I got him, I got him. And he goes, I realized, uh uh-oh. Something's not right. And he said, all I could sort of do was ask God, why, 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 why? And it suddenly was like, here's what I did wrong. Here's where my problem is. And I got pulled out of it because I was supposed to come back apparently and share the story with people. And then another person said the same thing in their story. And then another person said the same thing in their story. So I'm just relating that to your story, because the reality is when you're not in the right container, when you're not understanding what it is you're doing, when you just take things at face value, rather than spending time in connection to understanding what is presenting itself to you, you can truly lead yourself down a very dark path. And I think hacking ourselves using drugs, using cannabis, using pharmaceuticals, uh, finding things that make us comfortable is why we are in fact in a position of limitation and we could potentially going down the wrong path and why we're suffering in our lives on a daily basis. And our leadership are the biggest culprits because they're out in the world doing the Mm -hmm. same thing behind the curtain. They're doing stupid shit. And then they're out in the world trying to tell people, well, this is what life is supposed to look like. And they're infecting others with their Mm -hmm. own demons. And that's the biggest problem that I've witnessed for the last 14 years. Yeah.
0: I've, A lot of the things like when I span out and look at what's what's been going on here and probably throughout human history, but especially there's an acceleration these past few years. And and I think certain certain medical experiments contribute. I think certain portals, you know, the the, the black mirrors of our television and our computer and our phones that that can completely sway our perspective of reality. I I sort of see what's going on as an attempt to harvest souls. And, 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 and the people that you get to poison themselves and participate in nonsense and take their life and listen to the voice of demons and, and, and believe it's themselves, you know, there may very well be a a component where these entities are trying to collect souls, you know, like your buddy, I got him, I got him, I got Mm -hmm. him, you know, I got another one. Right. And 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 more than ever, like when I, you know, I was very tactical about how do we get out of this for a while? And I'm like, we got to start homesteading. Yep. We, we, we need to we need to be less reliant on the monetary system and the conveniences and all of their different control systems in, in the power grid and blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, nah, we need to connect to God. And we need to start, mm-hmm. I think the greatest weapon that we actually possess is not tactical, it's prayer. And it's pr- it, it's collective prayer. It's us coming together and finding a way. <laughs> and, yep. and anyone listening to this that, that feels yep. inspired, I think we need ways to pray on a similar frequency with a similar intention at the same time. And, and to unify ourselves in that manner. Yep. I think that's how we win. I, I don't think it's homesteading.
1: I agree. I agree. And and to add to that, brother, it's the fact is we need to educate people on more of what certain what words, phrases and and prayer actually means and looks like, because our society has moved away from God because they hear words like uh, subservience or they hear words like worship and they think it means uh, tyranny. You know, they they think it's tyrannical to have that. But But you think about father father is not enslavement it's loving Mm -hmm. direction Mm -hmm. we just have not been taught properly to understand i think god is the greatest act we have but at the end of the day it's like we need people to lean in to understand there's there's more to it than what we've been taught as a society and that's why i think religion itself and spirituality get a very different and bad name and people get caught up in the occult that's basically Mm -hmm. demonic because what's happening is and of course, the devil is going to tell you you want what you want. Sure, here's I'll give you information. The devil was a damn angel for God's sake. At the end of the day, of course mm-hmm. he can bring light to your life. Of course he can give you the things that you want, like the tools, like ayahuasca. Yeah, you want to know who yourself? Is? Mm-hmm. Here, here's the truth. Here, let me show you. Let me give you the money you seek. Let me give you the freedom you want. You should live your life based on what you want. Live your life as free as possible. Love is love no it's not at the end of the day there is improper love and people are trying to figure out how they can get back to a good path and our conversation here hopefully is stimulating people's thinking too to go you got to stop i look at the whole spiritual community from uh, the you know um again the other side i look at it as a very much a life hack as well that people are misusing and improperly experiencing and they are leaning heavily into energy work and Mm -hmm. shamans and tarot readings and things and Anything that tells you the future is dangerous. At the end of the day, you're not supposed to know these things. You're supposed to walk by faith, no matter what that faith looks like, and connect to something that can truly give you the life you seek. That's why people like us, the work that I do is a mission. I mm-hmm. slay demons. It sounds crazy to people, but that's how I built. I will walk through fire and come back. I've had clients call me, you know, if if Constantine had a baby you know uh it's like neo's characters constantly had a baby with neo from the matrix it would be what i do and that's mm-hmm. truly what i do this is not about making money this is not about looking cool it's not about my notoriety it's a mission that i've been on it's a gift that i possess i'm here to tell people stop hacking your mm-hmm. way to success start actually battling mm-hmm. your own demons because if you do and you eradicate them with the right support who's in the fucking trenches with you mm-hmm. like a battle buddy i'm telling you you'll be able to win the war within and you'll be able to experience what Anthony and I are talking about right now which is a fulfilled mm-hmm.
0: life. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's and it's it's, it's putting in the reps the same way that like you go to you go to the gym yeah. and and you do you know you do reps and sets of an exercise. Yeah. Prayer builds an armor and the more that you do it and the more that you connect throughout the day, the more you get to a point where you go I can look a fucking demon in the eye and know that I am protected because I have the power of God and his army behind me. I can look the devil in the eye and I won't be afraid because I know that I have the power of God and his army of angels behind me, you know, and like that's where we need to get. It's not about building your six pack. Uh. It's about recognizing, you know, I, I realized that it was it was fairly ineffective to tell people that masks don't work. You know, it it was it was an intellectual approach to what was a very I was reacting to the fact that, like, you guys are participating in a fucking satanic ritual and you don't even know it. You're putting masks on your face and washing your hands and you've been tricked into participating in a big satanic ritual. They don't work. Take it the fuck off and stop, you know, and and, and that's kind of where that's discernment. It's recognizing what's truly going on. And then, oh, you, you like the Super Bowl halftime show? Good. Do you like watching satanic rituals? Because that's what you're doing. Wake the fuck up. Go watch it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's obvious. It's obvious. And I've done it, too. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> wow, I, I listen yeah. to, I listen to some yeah. Drake. I listen to some of The Weeknd, you know? But it, it, it's pretty obvious that a lot of these guys are doing the work of the dark side, uh, whether they know it or not. Well, they're even
1: admitting yeah. it on camera. Well, they're of admitting course. it on camera now. Uh, Katy Perry to, you know, uh, what's that, that uh, popular girl's name? I don't even Taylor Swift. All said yeah, I sold they my all say it. But at the end of the day, it. <laughs> it's like they just come. in honestly, if you think about what's going on here, not to get too far off the beaten path here, but if you think what's going on, if you actually observe how crazy things are getting with everything in, in our culture right now, it's like evil is just going, I I know I'm about to lose, so I'm just going to rip it all off and kind of come all mm-hmm. out full force. And people are are people are being pulled into it. And you know what's funny? People will listen to this to and go, "Oh, these guys are full of shit. They don't know what they're talking about." It, go it, somewhere yeah, else. you know what? You go want a biohacking secret? <laughs> <laughs> you want a biohacking secret? I got a biohacking secret. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get back to the core principles of faith and grounding yourself and facing your own reality yeah. and your own truth. And that's the thing is, I it's like I was on a podcast in Vegas uh, earlier this week, and the guy that ran it, it was a, a digital social hour, Sean Kelly, and he says. Uh, you know, why do these people come to you? And I said, the the ones that do come to me. The ones that I talk to and I have a relationship with and I spend months with before we've even decided to work together are those types of powerful people in positions like that, celebrities, et cetera, that can feel far beyond the superficial. And they can recognize, okay, they can discern. Wiley's here because it's time for me to get unfucked. It's time for me to face my demons once and for all and actually do the real work because they crave deep down inside the real them that's screaming out, help! from all the darkness that they've been surrounded by, that part of them can hold on for dear life and say, I need this support, pull me out of this hell. That's why I only work with a, like two people a year, is because they are they are the ones mm-hmm. that can get it. And it's very hard because most of these people, they don't want that. They don't want to be challenged and stretched. They don't want to face the reality of what's really going on within them. They like the feel good stuff. They want to hire Tony Robbins because Tony's the cool name. They want to look at you know the celebrities because that's what it seems. They are allowing yes-men to insulate their demons mm-hmm. more and more. And the higher you climb on the ladder of success without doing the real work to face and battle yourself, the more they scream in your ear and mm-hmm. take over your life. And then you become a slave mm-hmm. to that. And 30 years later, you're going to look back and go, well, I've got the nine-figure bank account. Um, but yeah. I'm miserable. I'm suffering. My health is not soul. where I want it to be. My relationships, yeah, my soul is is burned out. And it's like, I can't do this anymore. Now they're trying to figure out how to save their Mm -hmm. own lives when it's almost too late. And this is the plight of humanity is we wait till it's almost too late before we decide to actually do the real fucking work instead of discerning right now, hey... This is showing up in the timing. It is. I need to lean into it. I know I don't like the way it sounds. I know I don't like the, what I'm hearing. I don't. I don't even believe in what I'm hearing. But maybe I. T- I need to discern this and I need to accept it to see where it can take me, and then decide from that point once I've leaned into it a little bit more, rather than my knee jerk reaction to be rejecting it from a cynical, skeptical place because I've been programmed. By the powers that be, to just be caught up in the demonic forces that are pushing high achievement rather than being a high performer in my life mm-hmm, and in my business.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, I mean, this is, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the conversation. Last uh, two questions will kind of land the plane. Um, <laughs> Me too. Man, we're, we we brought the right. intensity. I like it. <laughs> why? Why? Um, why do you feel? I mean, let's talk about the self help industry and the personal development industry. I mean, what? Sure. Sort of your yeah. your take on that, and uh, yeah. I consider the self help field and think about that self help. Yeah. Okay. First of
1: all, nobody has ever succeeded at anything, Mm -hmm. ever did it on their own. So let's get the word self Mm -hmm. out of our head. Self help, you don't help yourself. You need an outside force that's equipped to push you, to stretch you, to challenge you. The problem is with the personal development space, which is the self help field, is we have people that succumb to creating systems programs and compartmentalized processes hoping that that helps a, people achieve what we define as success which is money scalability and notoriety how many followers do you have how big is your business and how much money can you make if you're not a profitable person or you nobody li- follows you then why would i listen mm-hmm. to you why would i pay attention to what you have to offer That is an asymmetrical approach to human development and human performance. I have worked behind the scenes with people in that industry, and I have seen the ugly truth that they are sitting there collecting people's money, laughing at these people, going, you know what, look at these suckers buying into this shit. I just throw a bunch of stuff together, I just give it to them, they get caught up in the rat race, and then when they're done and they want more, now they're part of my community. Now they become my tribe. They become something that follows and hooks into me, and here's my thing. You should be able to hire a coach that makes you so mad, that pushes you so hard, that challenges you so intently that you end up hating their guts and you want to eventually break away from them. <laughs> Anybody that makes you feel comfortable enough to hook into them yeah. for 20 years is not doing anything good for your life. They're actually sucking your bank account dry and they're just kind of stringing you along. And the pisses me off is because these people they teach you, if you want to make more money, buy my program, follow my coaching, and it's baked into their marketing, the idea at the subconscious level that you are personally going to evolve. And reality is you get caught up chasing the idea of being a high performer, never truly Mm -hmm. achieving the goal. So that's what I've witnessed and why I have a problem with. it. It's like big pharma. They got you hooked. Keep buying my program. Keep hiring me as a coach. I've met people who are like, my coach is the greatest coach ever. That's a problem. You should Mm -hmm. not like your coach. You should want to get away from them as soon as possible. My clients and I, when we're done, we're done we break up officially. They actually end up challenging me and pushing back on me when I know they've reached their cap out point and we have literally squeezed out all their potential that when they go off in their life, Anthony, they look back and go, I don't even recognize who I was before mm-hmm. I met you, Wiley. And now they can go off and they can bring in other resources, that only accentuate the fact that they are literally living at the top of their game consistently. If you don't have people that are doing that with you, I would rethink your approach to personal development and consider why you might be wasting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, on the same shit that's regurgitated, repackaged, and re-offered to you year in and year out. Why do you need to go to 30 De- Date with destinies <laughs> with Tony yeah. Robbins? You're not getting anywhere. I Sorry. Know. Just I know. I,
0: I, I loved. I loved my first. Unleash the power within. My brother. My brother uh, did too, and he was like. My brother was like jumping on the chair and everything like that. Second time he saw Tony Robbins, he goes, "This is it's fucking catharsis." He goes, "This is like fucking pointless catharsis." Shit. You know what I mean? It's like it, it, it's it's a show, it's and, and, and you see the yeah. people that repeatedly go. You know they're going to feel good. They're going mm-hmm. to pay for feelings. It it, it doesn't do that much i don't i i I like i like tony i mean i listened to like personal power and shit 20 years ago and i liked that i've got value from some of his stuff yeah i challenge it though
1: I challenge. I've worked with some of Tony's closest friends, and I got to tell you, I challenge 46 years later. What secrets does he have? Truly, at the end of the day, like people, he's just kind of continuously giving you the same thing he's been teaching for Mm -hmm. for the last four decades. And I'm just going to bluntly call it what it is, and then people can hate me for that all they want to. But the reality is, I've been around these guys, I've seen them, I've been in their circles. And the truth of the matter is, that is not real transformation. Battling Mm -hmm. your demons Mm -hmm. is real transformation. Unfucking your life is real transformation. Looking at the things that scare you the most is real transformation. Having someone you cannot control in your corner is how Mm -hmm. you transform. All of that stuff is transference. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's transferring motivational spirit into you temporarily so that you can feel like you're going to get somewhere. And then you come back to the table going... Okay, I gotta, I gotta tap my vein again. What's another? How do
0: I buy another five thousand dollar drug? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's also it it, it gets into that discernment and being able to see the loops that you're in and that sort of thing. Like I, I have plenty of flaws. I have a fuckload of them. I'm always working on them. You know, and 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 sometimes I do better than other times. And I think in this, we need to be able to look at things and like, you know, I've gotten a lot of value from Dave Asprey over the years. He does good work and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He's also talking about living to 180 and the dude looks old for his age. Is anyone talking about that? Like, does anyone have <laughs> eyes? You know, I'm not, I'm not shit Yeah. I talk, I talk, I'm not shit shitting on face. him. Like he, he actually seems like a nice guy and like he's got oh, a good heart, but he looks old for his yeah. age and he's talking about living yeah. to 180. Like, are we in yeah. fantasy land and no one else calls that out? Like, mm-hmm. don't go to a doctor who's fat mm-hmm. and has arthritis. That's going to just throw a bunch of pills here's, at you. You know, like I'm, gonna, no, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. I'm just going to say,
1: here's the problem in the ego. It's the ego of these guys. They get it gets so big that anybody that comes to the table with any information that challenges what they think they know, who they are. This again, they reject it and they kind of you know push it away because I, you know I'm the authority. And the problem that I've seen again, mm-hmm. we have that conversation with him at dinner one night. Um, and I'm just listening to it again. I, again, there's nothing bad, but at the end of the day, it's like, dude, you're, you're, what are you doing to truly optimize your life? How is it that you feel you have figured it all out and that you are literally done working on yourself, that you are at a point where there's nothing else anybody could teach you because what well, you, you become, you've become this reputable, like a, uh, you know, leader in the industry. But the reality is if you look at someone like that and you look at their life and go, well, where are the relationships at? how are they actually thriving behind the curtain? If their mm-hmm. per- personal life is not matching their professional life or their public persona, we've got problems. And that yeah. is unacceptable for any human being to say, well, Wiley, you know, that's judging them. Then who are you? You probably got demons too. It's like, no the fuck I don't. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I was willing to get in the trenches, get my ass kicked by my outside force, who still to this day, mm-hmm. my business partner keeps me at the top of my game so that I can do this work that I'm meant to do. I'm willing to stay in a good place. Are you? And it takes someone right. going, you know what, dude, you know what, great, you you want to live to 180 years old, you look old for years, what are you not actually looking at in your life that's causing you to look that way, even though you're saying the words, selling the protocols, convincing people this is what it takes, That's that's. I have a problem with that. And to me, I'm yeah. willing to work with guys like him, because it, it's like you need an outside force to challenge and stretch you, because you do have the biggest impact on millions of people and you're going to infect them improperly if you don't live the standard you're preaching from a, a platform. To me totally it's agree. And, and yeah. I
0: totally agree and totally yep. agree and and I do appreciate the things that he's done in our space and all of that and of and and like I said I've got plenty of fucking blind spots. I got a lot of problems. I'm not like pointing the finger at other people. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like I think when we all speak truthfully it actually helps us it actually Uh uplifts all of us and challenges us to be better and do better for one another. Um, yeah, well, Wiley, this has been a, a fucking awesome conversation. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before before we Man, we, 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 we went down some tangents? but uh, sure. I, sure.
1: I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I look at it this way. Anybody that's paying attention, no matter what level you're at, when again, we go back to the principles we talked about in the beginning, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. It's time to reevaluate your approach. If you're having reactions to external stimuli that you cannot control in a very negative way. Maybe it's time to actually slow down your breathing and go, you know what, maybe these things that I need to lean into and actually try to extract benefit from so so I can go beyond my own limits right now. And and, and the mm-hmm. question becomes is, who are you following? Who are you trying to emulate rather than who you're taking information from to better who you are first? And that's the same thing with the military is when I was a young military guy, I didn't want to emulate the leaders. I wanted to take good information from them and discard the bad and become my own leader and develop my own skills so that I can thrive in my leadership position. I want people to take that information to be challenged to go, you know what, let me find someone who doesn't make me feel comfortable. Let me let me find someone who challenges me and makes me very uncomfortable. In fact, let me find someone or a resource outside of me that actually pisses me off a little bit. And let me mm-hmm. see what they're capable of doing for me rather than just getting caught up in spending money because it's somebody's celebrity status that everybody else is buying into. Maybe the no-name person is who I need. Or let me realize what it is that I need to face first within my life before I take the step towards buying into a program or hiring a coach. That's mm-hmm. what I would say to people. And again, Guys like that have benefits, but what are they taking you? Where are they leading you? Are you trying mm-hmm. to emulate, copy and paste what they've talked about? Or are you trying to figure out what's best for you based on your ability to face a battle what ails you first from within? Do the hard work. Go to the dark corners. That's where you want to hack your way to a, a
0: better life. Beautiful. So for our listeners who have enjoyed this conversation, where where should they go to keep up with cool things you're working on? You mentioned your Wise Words and Whiskey podcast. They can subscribe to that. Where where else? Where are you
1: do. uh, Well, I actively uh, building out, like working on Twitter. I'm having conversations with people on Twitter. Apparently, it's a place everybody keeps telling me I need to be, so I'm there as well right now. Uh, Wise words of whiskey. they'll, they'll,
0: They'll shut your account down if you get a little lippy. <laughs> oh yeah, I get it. I totally get it.
1: Um uh, I have no problem being lippy, but at the same time I, I understand the nuanced nature of social media and how how they play the game. Yeah. So do it do it behind uh, the panel. <laughs> but you know, wileymacraw.com has everything there from philosophies to white papers, uh access to the actual podcast itself. I would love people to subscribe and listen to what People that subscribe to the show can enter in a whiskey giveaway as well. We're doing a premium bottle of whiskey every single month for the rest of the year. Uh, One lucky person will take home a single malt uh, scotch, uh, potentially a heavy bottom rocks glass set with that as well. Um, But I'm I'm just, I'm doing my work here. I've got a couple projects in the works with some influencers uh, doing like a fireside chat type of a live event around the country. So we're building that out as well right now. So that's, and again, I'm just having some fun getting on these shows with guys like you and
0: spreading the message. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I had a blast. uh W y l i e m c g r a w. dot w.com Wise Words and Whiskey podcast. Subscribe. Uh last one. No What's e. your favorite huh? No no e in the whiskey. Spelling like the Scots do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No yeah. no e no e in the whiskey. And yeah, uh, what last question? What's your yep. favorite Scotch? Or whiskey uh
1: my favorite whiskey single malt i'm a single malt scotch guy and that's uh my go-to and i sip maybe a, a tiny bit once a week as a little celebration so i usually love my balvinis those are, that's my favorite distillery lovely lovely yeah. well
0: wiley thank you so much for coming on it has been a fun conversation hopefully you guys enjoyed it and uh if you did guys share this episode send it to people who would get value from it and uh enjoy the different uh the different paths and and, and rabbit holes that we went down right on thanks brother I want to share real quickly the three main reasons that so many people have horrible digestion and the subsequent downstream health consequences of a dysregulated digestive system. First, all of us have been drinking and showering in water that's loaded with chlorine and fluoride and bromide and a whole bunch of other chemicals that kill the healthy bacteria and other microorganisms in our gut. Number two, imagine you had to drink a cup of pesticide, and herbicide, you know, glyphosate. It's now in everything and it's been in everything since the 1990s, but it goes one step further. Now you look at all of the technology that we have integrated into our lives. Now let's go back in time and imagine you're on the African savanna and all of a sudden, a lion comes out of the brush. What's your body going to do? It's going to spike the stress hormone cortisol. Your adrenals, in communication with your brain, are going to see this lion. They're gonna recognize that you are now in danger. Now, the problem is we're not on the African savanna and a lion didn't just come out of the brush, but we're doing that same thing to ourselves all the time and it's part of the reason that so many guys can only eat one meal a day and they're having you know they're switching to carnivore and if they have any carbs their 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 digestion and their health is is a wreck and their whole body gets inflamed i can tell you also from experience that that doesn't go to a good place and until we even have an idea of what is contributing to this situation we can't fix it and if you want help that's what i do i help people fix their gut and then get their body back functioning optimally. So if you want help with this stuff, you can go to biohackercoaching.com, fill out the short form, grab a time to talk with myself or someone from our team. That's biohackercoaching.com. Appreciate you guys. If you found this helpful or you know someone who's been struggling with digestive issues, please send it to them. Thank you.